Welcome to the final draft Great Conversations podcast. Today's Great Conversation pays tribute to an incredible 50 published books from Catherine Jinks. The final draft Great Conversations podcast is all about books, writing and literary culture. I'm Andrew Popel. Every week I broadcast Final Draft from the studios of 2ACR in Sydney. Final Draft is dedicated to exploring Australian writing from debut authors to household names. Every week we look into the issues that drive our storytelling and help you discover more from the books you love. These are the stories that make us who we are. 2SEL broadcasts from the lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. I'm recording on the lands of the Darug and Gunungurra people. I want to acknowledge the traditional owners of those lands and pay my respects to their ongoing connection to their lands, that this is stolen land and the treaty has never been made in Australia. Catherine Jinks has published 50 books over an incredible three decades in publishing. We sat down and we had a long conversation about her 50th published book, The Attack. It is an incredible thriller. It had me turning pages. It kind of kept me up a little bit at night. And that is not the conversation you are going to get today. That one is coming up. Catherine and I also talked about what keeps her so prolific, what she's learned in her time in publishing. And we have some really interesting insights into young adult literature, of which Catherine has published widely, and how when she started, it was still a very new category, genre. Well, I'll let you decide. Join me. (laughs) Join me as, as we discover the incredible long career of Catherine Jinx. Catherine Jinx is an incredibly prolific writer of immense range. Her work has won gongs as diverse as the Victorian Premier's Literary Award, the Australian Children's Book Council Awards, the Aurealis and the David Award for Crime Fiction, amongst many others. Catherine, look, thank you so much for joining me on what I believe is the publication of your 50th book. 50th book. Woohoo! 50th book. Um, 50th book in lockdown. 50th book. Not 50th book in lockdown, but my 50th book had to come out in lockdown and it's not a great time to be bringing a book out. It is. It is not. And one thing that we thank you for giving me this segue. We are going to just shout out to all the authors bringing out their books in lockdown and to all the independent bookstores that are just keeping us going. So if you are if you like the sound of Catherine's new book, get in touch with your local independent bookstore. Do click and collect, get them to deliver. This is an absolute page turner. And um, if you're up late at night anyway, I would say this is a good companion. It's kept me up a little bit. Let's um, Catherine, let's introduce the uh, let's introduce everyone to the attack. Robin lives a quiet life on her heritage protected island. It's once a month, though, that she has to deal with the noise of teenagers arriving for a boot camp aimed to help them get back on track. The veterans running the camp run a tight ship, but something is different this time. There are strange, malicious pranks being pulled out, and Robin is sure that she recognises one of the boys from a particularly dark chapter of her past. Um, all right, so here's the thing, Catherine. I, I toyed with this, and I'm going to go with it. Can I, can I start our interview with a bit of a joke? I never yes. do this. I never do this. Okay. Um, how do you keep an author in suspense? I don't know. I'll tell you at the end of the next chapter. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So there is so much to talk about in the attack, but I do want to celebrate for a moment that this is your 50th book. So we're going we're gonna to leave it. We're going to make people wait a minute or two to hear more about Robin and what is going on with her. 
First thing I want to ask, 50 books in something like 30 years, what keeps you so prolific? How, how, do, you, how do you do this incredible workload? My agent says, I have had the same agent for the same amount of time that I've been writing. So she's like a mum to me. And she said that she has, she deals with different, two different types of writers and one of them, she says, are born writers. And born writers are the people who actually don't function very well if they're not writing. Like that's the way they actually cope with the world. And I think that's where I felt fall into that. So even if I was retired or something, I'd still have to do it. You know what I mean? Mm. It's just, it's just, it just, it's a, it's an escape route. It's the best escape route because you're, you're not just reading somebody else's world, you're creating your own, that you can complete control. So it's actually, you know, particularly for people who are risk averse or whatever and don't go and jump off mountains or whatever, <laughs> you know, this is the way of doing it without having to actually take any risks. I love, I love the idea that you think there are you, – you mentioned that there are two types of writers. You didn't mention the second one, but what, could, what I can infer there are there are born writers and then there are people who jump off mountains. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, look, there are people who might be writing because they have a, 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 a story, like a personal story they really want to tell, mm. or there's there's people who are incredibly creative and they do a bit of writing and they do a bit of music and they do, you like, but there are some people who just, it's just, just the writing is the way you, you mm. cope. I think there are a lot of people like that, to be honest, yep. writers, but... Um, there are some who, who are more, or they're more driven by a feeling of um, needing to change the world in some way or something like that. You know what I mean? And I notice in your, in your catalogue, it includes works as wide ranging as children's, uh, young adult fiction, crime, sort of supernatural kind of fantasy series. Do you start a book with a genre or even an audience in mind, or do you just start writing and what the story is going to be and who it's for emerges in that process. I'm a, more of a, I'm like a screenwriter in as much, when I first started, I just started writing. I mean, this was when I was, you know, 25 or something. And it, well, no, actually, that's not when I first started writing, but that's when I first got published. But basically, I realised pretty quickly that I couldn't keep doing that because I was going to end up with writer's block. So I started um, planning really carefully, more like a screenwriter than a um, novelist because a lot of novelists I know, they kind of follow, it's a bit more holistic, you know, they don't set it all down before they start. Um, So I start with an idea and at that point as I put one idea together with another idea before I even start my synopsis. I, I, by now I know pretty quickly what age group it's going to be and what genre it's going to be. And the reason I tend to skip, well, I have in the past skipped around a lot is because I'm a, a little bit easily bored, um, but risk averse. So <laughs> so um, that's that's, I kind of... And, like, I get an idea. If you get what I hate more than anything else 
is a wasted idea. So like years and years and years ago, I had a horror idea and I thought, well, I don't actually write horror. But then I thought, oh, no, I, I can't let this go to waste. So I went off and I read a whole bunch of Stephen King and, <laughs> you know, and I put something together and, it, and it, you know, it was published. I don't know, it went terribly well, but, you know, horror often doesn't. But I, I just feel I couldn't waste it. So basically if I get an idea and it fits into this genre and they say, well, I just can't waste it, so I try. I've got a horror question for you a little bit later. We'll, we'll keep people in suspense just a moment or two longer <laughs> for the attack. But another question that has, has just emerged as you were talking then is this is a very unique opportunity to kind of interrogate that something very interesting about maybe more the, the publishing side of the books that we love because we have this interesting phenomenon of, of young adult fiction, which is, you know, a category that is, is sort of pitched at a particular audience, but of course is read by everyone. And of course, your books feature young, um, feature young protagonists and young characters across a spectrum of genres. How, how do you feel about the, the way we kind of start to categorise books and that uh, phenomenon of the young protagonist being um, in a book for a young person? Because, I mean, like, The Attack has a lot of young, um, young characters, but I wouldn't necessarily uh, be p- pitching it in that YA 12 to, 12 to 16 range. No. Um, well, it's an interesting... I've been doing this for so long that when I started, YA was starting to... It hadn't been around for very long. The whole concept was a new one. Um, And the funny thing is I wrote my second book. My second book was The Pagan's Crusade, which did very well. Um, And that was classified as YA at the beginning. Now it wouldn't be. Now it would be classified as more that older readers group, mm-hmm. the sort of 10 to 13. I mean, these, these whole, these, all these marketing classifications and everything, they're so hard to pin down and work out. But, you know, it's all an attempt to, to sell more easily. That's it. So YA's changed in the, in the period that I've actually written. And I... I my last YA was actually um, was a vampire was a couple of vampire books, and I realised, and that, and and the main character that was like fifteen or sixteen, though actually she was like sixty two, but like you know because she was a vampire. But um, I realised that my natural that's probably on an, on a, on one. Ex- Normally what used to happen was that I would focus on the 10 to 13-year-old period and that was, and that once upon a time, I don't know, it's it's just, it's a funny old concept. It went through the roof with things like the Hunger Games, then it, and then it sort of folded back again. I think there were too many of them. It wasn't selling that. There was a point at which I, I wrote an, a YA and I, I couldn't get it really off the ground because it, you can't sell many these days compared with what you'd be, you're able to. It, things go in like, you know, tides. So um, 
YA is a concept that was a construct, really, a marketing construct, I think. And um, it's not a bad one. I think it's quite smart. Um, there are certain distinctive qualities about it. Um, for example, the one mistake I've made um, in terms of early classification of where I'm going when I start a book was with Shepherd, which came out a couple of years ago. I wrote that. Well, no, originally I wrote it as a screenplay to see if I could do an original screenplay. And then I used the screenplay to write the book. So it's very screenplay structure, three act. And I wrote it. I thought, okay, the main character is 14. I'll make this a YA. But the trouble is it's really gory. <laughs> like at the end, it's really brutal. It's a pretty brutal book. And pop it in, pop, quick, quick, quick pop it in context with me. More brutal than the attack? Oh, yeah. Ooh, okay, cool. <laughs> dangling dangling a little bit of suspense there for the people. We're getting to the attack in just a second. Yeah, the attack does not have a pile of dead corpses. Anyway. Oh, so it's um, more like Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they, yeah. Well, no. There, weren't, there aren't many people in, in Shepherd. There is only, what, four people or something. Okay. Five, six. Um, anyway, uh, and, and some bodies. Um, but... I sent that to the publisher and they published it, but they said this is not a YA. Um, it almost is, she said, but I just think it's too hard, too brutal. There's not enough hope in it. That's one of the things that you have to have in YA is hope. So, I mean, there is a bit of hope, but not a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, it's an interesting thing to try and work out what you're doing. But after 30 years, you get a bit of an instinct of where your idea is going to fit. But not that time. Ah. Well, thank you for those insights because I think the way that books are categorised and, and then sort of presented to us as a reading public is a fascinating thing to look at from time to time because, you know, interrogating our reading habits keeps us fresh and it keeps us discovering new things. We've, we've made people wait for long enough though, Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> That's it for this great conversation with Catherine Jinks. Catherine has a new novel. It is called The Attack. And if you join me for the next episode of Great Conversations on Final Draft, you will hear more about The Attack, which is out now from Text Publishing. Great Conversations is recorded on the lands of the Darug and Gundungurra people. The show is produced and presented by Andrew Popel. You can stay in touch. Final Draft is on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just look for us at Final Draft 2SER. Do you want us on TikTok? We're not on TikTok. I mean, if you asked, I, I would probably try that. I don't know if I know how yet. <laughs> if you subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast, there will be a new great conversation for you and sometimes several bonuses, book clubs every week. I'm Andrew Popel. I will be back very soon with Catherine Jinx's The Attack for F Great Conversations on Final Draft. Until then, whatever you're reading, happy reading. Bye for now. <laughs>